สวัสดีค่ะ Hello and welcome to YouTube Can Learn Thai Episode 41 Seven Mistakes to Avoid When Learning Thai In this episode, we have a new guest, Kun Victoria. At the time of our conversation, Kun Victoria has been learning Thai mostly by herself for less than a year. And in this episode, she is sharing with us her experiences and the mistakes you should avoid, especially when you just start learning Thai. This episode also comes in a new format. It's an interview all in English. Please have a listen and let us know if you want more of something like this. Our email address is youtubecanlearnthai at gmail.com. Also, I'm sure that after listening to this episode, you will want to hear more Thai learning tips from Kun Victoria. She shares all of those on her YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash victoriarain. You can find a link to her channel in the episode description. Her Instagram link is also there. And the link to our previous guest Twitter account, kunwasabi, is also there. Make sure to visit and follow them. While you are at the episode description, you will also see several Amazon links. These are our affiliate links, meaning that whenever you want to shop on Amazon, please click our link first and it will lead you to the Amazon homepage. Then you can proceed with your shopping as usual. You don't have to buy any products from me, just anything you would normally buy. But these links tell Amazon to share a percentage of its profit with the podcast. So it's a way to support the podcast without paying anything extra. Let Amazon share the profit to support the podcast. Isn't it great? You can use these links as many times as you shop. And it applies to Amazon US, UK, Canada, Australia, France, Germany, and many other European countries. Thank you so much. All right, so now without further ado, let's listen to our conversation. What are the mistakes to avoid when you start learning Thai? So I think the first one is not learning the foundations. Like any good house, our foundations must be strong. Yes. So the first thing I started with was the alphabet. And I'll say going from learning Chinese, which has no alphabet, to learning a language that has an alphabet, I was like, my friend, <laughs> because it felt like, oh, well, we have an alphabet in English, so this is going to be a breeze. And <laughs> saw how many letters there were. And I was like, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that you started since the beginning, because from what I noticed, quite a lot of people actually started learning Thai by speaking and listening first, and then alphabet letter later. So how would you compare that? Would you recommend other people who learn Thai to start right away with the alphabet? I personally would, but I think it depends on what their goal is. So for me, I've always had the idea that I would love to live in Thailand one day, regardless of how long that is, even if it was like a month. Um, and I'm very like aware that as much as English speakers like to believe that English is everywhere, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that if I'm to survive and get around on a day-to-day -day basis, I need to be able to read Thai. So I, I was really considerate of that and I really wanted to be able to read anything in Thai. So I really wanted to start with the alphabet. And I have found that the knock-on on that is that my understanding and speaking has improved a lot. So, for example, if I'm watching a Thai drama 
I find myself looking, if it's got Thai subtitles, I'll look at the subtitles and I can match it with the words as they're speaking. So I would highly, highly recommend learning the alphabet first. But I do appreciate that some people just want to speak and nothing else. Yeah, I agree as well. From my teaching experience, some of the students may find learning the alphabet since the beginning a little difficult, but in the long run, definitely learning alphabet can help you. Also, in terms of if you want to check out, uh, look up the dictionary, then definitely you need to know the alphabet because I don't think there are many dictionaries right now that is targeted to learners who do not know the alphabet. I would agree. I know one, there's one thing I did do it, or have done is I have a Thai keyboard on my computer and my phone um, because I, I really wanted to learn how to sort of type and write and tie. However, again, this is going back to sort of the, the amount of letters. So obviously the, the the typical QWERTY keyboard is all on one thing. And I remember downloading the Thai one and I was like, wow, there's multiple pages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've had to like experimentally just press every key until I find the right one. <laughs> That's truly funny. Yes, but I think it's definitely helpful to practice typing. And right now as well, because a lot of software, they have the autocorrect. So it can help correct you when you have misspellings. Mm, can it correct all of my type? Because that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Like in terms of the foundation, apart from the alphabet, would you think the tones are another one as well? I think tones are fundamentally just the be all and end all even if you don't do alphabet you have to do tone yes even though you only speak I cannot tell you the amount of times I'll speak with people in either Thai or Chinese and I'll say the word wrong I mean I'm saying the correct word but wrong tone and then you can see the confusion on their face and then I have to then go through all of the tones <laughs> until I find the right one <laughs> So what's your tips learning tone then? Because I know from people who speak other languages that do not have tones, tones must be something that's difficult for them. As boring and as generic as it sounds, I think practice is the be all and end all because I will say that whilst I had done Chinese tones for so long, so I did have some basis when going into Thai. However, Thai tones still really trip me up a lot more than Chinese tones. One that always gets me is the, I think it's the the rising and then falling one. No, the falling and rising. Falling and rising, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there are two rising tones in Thai as well, right? The low one, like ma, the dog ma, and then the high one, like ma, the horse. The, the lower one, I always get wrong. Interesting. Yes. And if I could add, though, I think another foundation that you should have when you start learning Thai is to have a basic understanding of the fundamental ways of how a language works. For example, in Thai, when you ask a question like, will you eat? And the other party's answer is yes. Then I often hear learners say, Chai. That's kind of like an equivalent of the English answer, right? Yes, no, Thai, mei Thai. But actually, if you notice, in Thai, it's more appropriate to answer with the verb itself, like gin, right? Jakin mai, will you eat? Then you answer gin, eat, I will eat. So I think it's good to have an idea that 
there are some fundamental ways that languages work differently. A hundred percent. I I was very guilty of trying everything. <laughs> As a learner, you want to be able to relate it back to something easily, and because we say in English yes to any question, so we automatically think, "Oh, well, that means kind of like yes ish." So then that can apply to everything, and it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I hundred percent agree with that one. So how about we move on to the second one then? The second mistake that you would like to point out. So I think the second one. That is good to mention is spending too much time trying to learn every single word you hear, rather than learning sort of practical words. Because, for example, one way I like to learn is by looking at songs or watching shows or reading small articles, things like that. However, the way a song artist will write or a news reporter will write is not necessarily how it is spoken or they're not going to necessarily use common words. So you could spend all your time learning these words that no one really uses when you could be spending it learning more commonly used words. And another thing is, I find some learners like to learn from word lists. For example, this is a words for relatives. So then you have pa, me, pi, nong, and then it kind of start to expand to like lung, pa, na, a. And some of some of the more difficult words, I think they are by themselves useful if you want to expand vocabulary on those areas. But at the same time, it's probably not a good idea to start memorizing all of them at the beginning stage. Like unless you need to use a few of them, if you want to talk about your fam family members, yes, you have an uncle that you want to talk about. Then maybe it's a little better to have a target. Of okay, I will memorize those words that are useful to me first, and then maybe later on, if I want to expand, then that will be something in the later stage of learning. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it also depends on the way you learn, because obviously some people do learn with these lists, or they need to know all the verbs or all the nouns. Whereas I like to learn. I like to create sentences, but I like to make everyday sentences like "What did you do today? What did you do at work?" Things that are more likely to be said on a, a conversational basis. You just mentioned that you like to learn by building sentences. So, what are the mistakes that can happen related to building sentences? I think what can happen, especially when you mentioned with these sort of the long list of. Words is you spend all this time learning every single verb, noun, and adjective under the sun, but then you've not done a combination of a building the sentence and also what you mentioned in the first part of not understanding the way the language works. For example, how to pose the questions. So you're stuck with all these words that you know, but then when it comes to actually speaking it, you have no way to actually string them together. And I think. A lot of the times, me especially, I obviously I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for me, I learn from my mistakes. So it's only when I start building those sentences, trying to use words like I'll learn a new word, and then suddenly I'm trying it in as many ways or sentences as possible, and then my friends or my tutor will be like, mm, "We don't really say it like that." But getting that practice of stringing it together, figuring out where the noun goes, where the adjectives go, because especially comparing it to English, the sentence structure is different. So You need that practice of building those sentences. I think. 
Definitely. So I guess this can be our third mistake that we can share with the listeners then. So not using what you have learned to build sentences. Uh, one of the things, if you are really at the very beginner level, you can also use this tip as well. Just try to swap words, right? Like when you learn top, then you can say, oh, ฉันชอบฉันชอบเขาฉันชอบอ่านหนังสือฉันชอบกินเค้ก So I think this kind of repetition can help reinforce the words in your mind. Definitely. I mean, when I learn a word, especially like when I learn chop, d, and yak, everything, I wanted something. I loved everything. I liked everything. Everything was great because I just wanted to use those words. <laughs> and then you could see me when I learned narak. I was like, ah, oh, narak. <laughs> everything is cute. <laughs> Yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, learning to make sentences out of the words you know is very helpful. But one caveat that I want to point out is that when you expand the sentence, actually, it's good to notice the structure of the original sentence that you are mimicking as well. For example, like in the word "want," then in Thai you have "yak," and then you also have "ao." When you use "yak," more often it's like "yak." Do something. Want to do something, and then when you use "ao," it's more like "I want something." For example, when you order the food, "I want the hamburger." "Ao hamburger," "Ao pizza." So it's good to notice back what kind of sentence structure you are mimicking. Are you mimicking the "want" in terms of "want to do something," or you are mimicking the "want" in terms of "I want this thing, that thing." That will help prevent you from overgeneralizing or. Misusing those words. I agree. I think one that's like that that I always struggle with because of the different ways it can be used is "hi." Like there are so many ways that that can be used. So I, I'm still learning the various ways in, and the correct ways to use it for the different things that are being given or done. Yes, although I don't think that grammar should be like the first first thing that you must stick to or cannot make mistakes. I would say that it's probably good to pay a little attention to the grammar and the structure since the beginning, so you can avoid making mistakes, and then those might stick with you for a long time. It's good to prevent from early on. So, what's the fourth mistake that you want to talk about? So, I think a big one is giving up or avoid something because it's hard, and this can be. Whatever different things for whatever reason. For me personally, I remember, especially it was more in Chinese than Thai. I would say, but it was trying to avoid anything that had like the umlau sound, the u sound, because it, like I found that so hard, and I just didn't want to. Learn it, I kind of avoided it. And then it was like, you can't avoid these things. You have to learn it. <laughs> It's great to keep a balance, right, between making sure that your sentences are perfect, are good, and getting your message. Across, definitely right. Sometimes you just can't avoid like one of the sounds or one of the words, one of the grammar structures, because the most important point of learning a, a language is to communicate. Agreed, and I think also one thing to remember is view yourself and the mistakes you make the way you would view a non-native speaking your own language. So, for example, if a non-native English speaker was speaking to me, and 
I could understand what they were saying, but it wasn't said 100% correct. I'm like, wow, you're doing great. Like, keep, keep it up. But then when you're the one on the other side, it can sometimes feel like, oh, no, 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 I'm not perfect yet, so I can't speak yet. So I think kind of cut yourself some slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do agree. Sometimes we are so harsh on ourselves than to other people. <laughs> it's good to take another perspective, definitely. Mm, always. So now I guess let's move on. What's the fifth one that you want to share? I think a mistake is to not listen to native speakers, for example, even on like TV shows, music, and to avoid speaking with natives because I feel like you can learn and study, you can read, you can write and do everything in your own house. However, until you're actually speaking with a native speaker, you're not going to be able to measure how good or bad you are. And I think it's only then, especially if you can try and speak with natives from different parts of the country, you'll then get different accents and it will kind of help you in terms of your listening abilities. So I think that is definitely, that's something I didn't do with Chinese to begin with. And I've noticed that with Thai, because I'm always trying to speak and with Chinese now recently, I've seen a huge, huge improvement. It's great to get out of your comfort zone and try experimenting with what you have learned and speak with the native speakers. And I like your comments about speaking with native speakers from different parts of the country to get used to the accents because not everyone speaks the standard accent. And it also goes back to what we talked about before, making mistakes so that they can help you, they can correct you. Otherwise, you speak with yourself, you just listen and learn on your own. You don't actually know what might be a challenge in the real communication. Agreed 100%. I think also it goes to the what we said before with the knowing what words were practical and what words are just there for the art basically like for example if someone was to learn English and they learned the Queen's English because that's what their textbook told them mm-hmm. when they actually came to England they would realize we don't speak like that that's just we speak more informally so I think only by speaking with native speakers that you can learn what's informal what's formal what is spoken what isn't spoken And so you started learning Thai since the COVID started mm-hmm. so what's your tips on finding natives to speak with right now? I think definitely the internet is your best friend. As much as lockdown sucks and COVID sucks, this is like the best time it could have happened because we have the internet. Like, if imagine if this was like twenty or thirty years ago, we would be stuck at home. <laughs> so use the internet. Use what you have at home. I think there are great resources if you've got uh, applications you can use. There are, for example. Tandem, which is my personal favorite. There is Hello Talk, which is really good for finding natives. And even if you don't want to use those, just go on Facebook. I'm part of so many Thai language learning groups, Chinese language learning groups, and you can find native speakers who are looking for, for example, English natives to then become language partners with. Internet has an infinite amount of resources and I think even if you were a bit shy and you didn't want to I think a great place to start is YouTube and at least you can practice listening to natives on there even if you can't speak with them that's a great sort of step if you don't want to reach out to anyone yet yeah especially in this era of the internet people are learning how to use zoom use skype so people of all ages now can have access and know how to use those software So, what's another mistake that you want to share then? 
I think one thing is forcing yourself to learn things you don't enjoy. And that can either be the way you learn or even the language itself. And I think it comes down to the moment something feels like work, it's no longer fun and you won't want to do it and you won't put your all in. So, for example, for me, my favorite way to learn Thai Yes, it's because I love to watch TV, but it is to watch Thai TV shows or Thai films and listen to Thai music. I enjoy Thai reading, but I know that I would not enjoy it if you put down a like a history book of like the world history in Thai and told me to read it. I'm like, that is a bit much. But then if you put down some Thai reading about, I don't know, celebrity gossip, I'm like, I'm all there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely learn in a way that is enjoyable for you and also learn a language that you enjoy so I've mentioned in other videos I learned uh, Italian and French at school I hated both of them and I think it was just being learning in school is always a different experience and I didn't get anything out of it compared to learning Chinese and Thai because I wanted to I'm able to now hold conversations in both so I think definitely go where your passion is yeah, and definitely, uh, you just mentioned about reading. So I saw that you actually did quite a few reaction videos to Thai songs. I think if other people also like listening to Thai songs or watch Thai TV shows, then if you have subtitles, you can match, right? You can learn the lyrics and then listening to the songs and the TV contents at the same time. And lyrics... Um, another thing is that you can pause and then you can go back and it's time synced, right? So it's way more fun than just reading from the book. A hundred percent. Yes. And we have now arrived at the last tip that you want to share. Mm -hmm. And I know that we have mentioned about grammar and how important it is. But like you said before, I think it is also important to note that when you're starting out your journey, do not be too focused on grammar when you're very, very first starting. I think being able to learn the foundations of speaking, like the hello, how are you? My name is, I'm from wherever. Learning that is a great place to start. And I feel like sometimes we fall into the trap of, I have to know all of the grammar in the world before I can actually speak. Speak first, learn grammar as you go, but don't let grammar kind of hold you back from speaking, I think. And sometimes when you try to speak, you will find it again and again that there are some kind of specific grammar points that you may want to express. Like, I want to do something, or asking question, maybe you like to ask people about how you do something. So that by itself, like the need to use it, will by itself help you learn and memorize the grammar. So yes, I do agree. Focus on the function, focus on the use first, and let them lead you to memorization of the relevant grammar points. I agree. I, I, yeah. So in terms of your learning experience, though, would you mind sharing to us, like, were there any specific grammar points that you kind of started worrying about them, but then you later notice that it doesn't really matter that much so for me it was things like with Thai one was pronunciation of certain things so I remember when I first learned prawa and my and I my tutor said oh you can say pra instead when I first started 
Pra sounded impossible. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm just going to always say Pra. <laughs> then I noticed over time it just came like as in it I I was so like oh my god how like how can I say pra but it just came because as I was speaking and getting better at Thai in general it then came naturally and I think one thing that in terms of grammar as well is because Thai I believe anyway is such a polite language compared to for example English where we don't really have honorifics we don't have um, for example ending particles like na so then when I was learning that I was very conscious um, and especially like with cut and like knowing when like when to say it in a sentence when not to that for me felt like it was a huge hurdle and I was like I'm never going to know when to say it correctly or when I should and it felt like because Thai is so polite and to not say it would make you sound rude and things like that I was like I don't want to I don't know what to say but again it was practicing and like just naturally letting it come that I now don't have that same issue Um, and I kind of automatically know when to say it and when to not say it where to put the words and when not to put the words Mm -hmm. there was one point I did want to also add that I think is a really important uh, not necessarily tip, but just like a, a like a motivator. And I think don't think that you need to have a logical reason for starting a language before starting, because I know that in, for example, in England, people will learn a language specifically for their job. So it'll be, for example, I I do a lot of business with France, so I have to learn French. Whereas I started Chinese because I was like, I really want to learn Chinese. I really like martial arts film. I'm just going to learn Chinese. And then Thai, it was literally, I was bored in lockdown. I've always loved the way Thai sounds. And I was like, I've got time. I'm just going to learn. <laughs> like I didn't really have a logical reason other than I want to do it. So I think don't don't let the fact that you've not got this really thought out and like, it's going to help me in my career or I'm going to move there reason. Yeah, I do agree. Like after all in life, love and passion motivates a lot of things in your life. So why not do the same for language learning, right? Exactly. Thank you for listening to You Too Can Learn Thai. How do you like this new format? Let us know by writing to youtubecanlearnthai at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our show notes or episode description which can link you to our guests' social media accounts. And also, there are our Amazon affiliate links. Please support the podcast. And today, I would like to give a shout-out to listeners who give great reviews to the podcast. On our Facebook page, we received reviews from Lizzie, Apachai, and Aaron. And on podcast apps, many people gave five stars to us, including Straight Stitch, Chok D2015, and... The Zenith 81 from Great Britain. The Ignant Rapid phone app review 123, Sabukalina, VO Learns Thai, Vaccinate, and Chiaou from the USA. M8 in VN and Photorad from Canada. Mr. Hot Zen Plots from Germany. Tequilapok from Malaysia. Takois from Indonesia. NKT039 from Vietnam, Hubi Bubi from Austria, Jennifer from Sweden, and H. Gaijin from France. Thank you, everyone. Until next time, สวัสดีค่ะ